And so when we lay our desires down and we say we humble ourselves before the Lord, then he lifts us up with what he has for us. And that becomes the sweetest thing. There's nothing that compares to that. Avoid the identity crisis the world is experiencing. Find yourself in the presence of Jesus. Join Gloria and Kelly Copeland as they explain how His precious fellowship can be your refuge. Next on the Believer's Voice of Victory. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Kelly and I are spending some time in the Word this morning. What are you going to teach us, Kelly? Well, we've been here two weeks, and we're almost done. I'm going to have to, like... Um, I want to fit so much in, but we'll just be led, right? Okay. Um, We left off in Mark um, talking about Jesus, how Jesus, yes, he rebuked Peter for what he said, for for his, actually for his lack of understanding and listening is really what he's rebuking him about. Um, Jesus was trying to tell them all the plan. This, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I'm going to be put on trial. I'm going to suffer indignation. I'm going to die. I'm going to be raised in three days. He said that. He he told them multiple times what was going to happen, and they acted so surprised. How many times is he wanting to tell us and prepare us for strength? He's wanting to strengthen us for the things that come against us or things we face, but he can't if we won't listen. And we can't listen if we are not going to come into his presence. That's right. And so this is Peter's really, Peter's big problem. And I started thinking back, I'm even looking at, you know, we know that uh, Peter denied Jesus three times. He didn't, but he first denied Jesus's words to him that warned him about it. He's like, no, 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 that'll never happen. But if you look back, you can go all the way back to maybe even further than this. I don't know. But from the very first time he rebuked Jesus, he continued to resist what Jesus was saying. We need to not do that. That's right. It's not smart. And he's not trying to get on to us because he has this, you need to, you know, the religious idea is you got to be perfect or Jesus doesn't want you. That's not it at all. But if we don't find ourselves with Jesus and listen to what he's telling us, we miss our salvation of, and I don't mean going to heaven, but I mean, he's our savior. He's trying to save you from foreclosure. Deliverance. He's trying to save your kids from drugs. He's trying to save you from being drowning in debt. He's trying to save you from cancer. He's trying, he is our savior and our redeemer. Mm -hmm. So he redeems us out of our situation, but he doesn't want to just leave us in the state that got us there. Does that, is, of course. Can you see that? He loves that? us. He, he loves to, us so he much. Took the, he paid the price for sin so that we could be free from the results of sin, which is death and poverty and all the curse that you read in Deuteronomy 28. And mom, really, he could just sit up in heaven and go, well, I did all the work. Now you figure it out yourself. But he's not. No, he he took, wants to be he in took it with our place, us. Essentially, and and look, even when he when he washed the disciples' feet, he started to wash Peter's feet. You know what Peter said? Mm-hmm. You're not washing my feet. 
You see how he was constantly doing this to the Lord, pushing away what the Lord was trying to enter in to do. And so we have to be more like the woman at the well who maybe wasn't the, you know, paragon of virtue in the village, seemingly. But when he pressed into her presence, she just let him in. Yeah. I mean, he kept pressing. She didn't right away. But then she got honest with him. You can go back and read that later. But Peter just kept pushing back. And it ultimately ended up in the garden. And Jesus said, asked them to pray with him. He said, um, that's in uh, Mark, um, I think Mark 14. Let me see. Jesus says, um, he says to them, he says, sit here while I pray a while. He said to one virgin says, watch and pray. And he says, and then when he comes back, he, he told them, I'm disturbed. This is very difficult. I'm disturbed over this. Watch with me and pray. He even needed them. Hmm. But, you know, they yeah. fell asleep and their flesh took over. Mm-hmm. And so then when he came back after they were asleep, he said, he said, I, I think you in the, that spirit, uh, walk in the spirit CD, you're like that got your attention. He said, what? You heard the Lord's calling and you heard him say that to you. What? Can you not watch with me for an hour? It's like that thing that he's asking of us. He could say, what, Kelly? I mean, in my mind, I think after all he's done with me, can I not do this? Yeah. Yes, I can. I can do whatever. Even if he has to keep working with me, I'm going to get there. Um, He says uh, to Peter, he said, keep alert and pray that you'll be spared from this time of testing. The Amplified says, if you'll watch and pray, you won't enter into temptation at all. And you realized this way back when he, 35 years ago, mom, and you said, I used to think Jesus was telling him to pray that he wouldn't enter into temptation, to like say, Father, don't let me enter temptation. But you said, no, and this bears it out that he meant, if you will pray, be with me, if you'll pray, pray in the spirit, spend time in his word, spend time just talking to Jesus, spend time with Jesus. And you, when the temptation comes, like I talked the other day, even the temptation to to doubt his promises when one of your kids is sick, mm-hmm. when that temptation comes, it's not all about, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's about life, living life. And there's times when we have temptations to not follow his word, to not say the right thing, to not say his word, but to doubt or cry, uh, be in fear of the future or circumstances. Yeah. He says, if you'll watch, keep your eyes on me and you won't see now go the wrong that way. thought. I'll tell you what I think this is saying. Okay. Keep your eyes on me. I was sitting here thinking, Jesus said, can you not watch? He was supposed to be paying attention. <laughs> he was supposed to be keeping his eyes on Jesus, spiritual things and paying attention can you not watch? Can you not pay attention and pray? It's, you know, Mama, if he had, he would have seen a good pattern to follow in trouble. Yeah. He would have seen Jesus say to his father, see, we're always supposed to watch Jesus. But then how many times have we not watched right. and prayed? We can watch by looking in his word and see how he handles yeah, things. That's right. But what he would have seen is, 
him saying to the Father, Father, all things are possible to you. Please don't allow me to drink this cup of suffering. Yet what I want is not important for I desire to fulfill your plan for me. Um, See, that's important mindset. That's an important place to be. Lord, he said, if you're going to follow me, you said in the CD series, Mom, you said you can, you can be saved and go to heaven and not take up the cross. That's right. But if you're going to take up the cross and live this life with him, he said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to, your own life and all of that is not going to be the thing you focus on. It's not going to be the important thing to you. So if we if we did this, I think it would be we would be. It, it, and another way to say this, I think, is pay, pay attention and pray. Yes. Pay attention, pay attention to him. Pay attention to him. Pay attention to the word. Pay attention to what the pastor tells you that's true. Pay attention and pray. Sometimes we go along and don't pay attention. That's why it's good to be really conscious about the word of God and putting it first place mm-hmm. in your life and spending time in it every day. And you know, since he's just really changed my life, especially these last several years and even this year, I notice that I'm paying attention to him in a, even a different way. It's like I set my heart to be devoted and worship him. I began to worship him. That's where it started for me, this change. But I set my heart on him and I noticed that during my day, I talked to him all day long. And the other day, I was like, paying attention. where are my keys? And I wasn't saying that absentmindedly. I really was addressing him, but I didn't even think about it. I didn't think, well, I must ask Jesus, where are my keys? I so am you conscious of him yes. in my presence all the time that when I couldn't find my keys, I'm like, where are my keys? Immediately, he answered me. Praise Immediately, God. I knew where to look for him. Yes. And, and it just, as you step in, you'll go deeper and deeper. You'll get to be so natural. Brother Hagen had a word. He said, you'll operate in these things of the supernatural. It'll just become natural. It'll become to you. as natural to you as a bird can fly through the mm-hmm. air or a fish can swim in the water. That was a prophetic utterance of Brother Hagen. And it's in its time. It's coming true. It was true then. It's true now. I want us to go, Mom. This is the, this last thing that I, I want to share. Something I saw recently in First John, Good. and this is in the Passion Translation, because yes, He's calling us up. Yes, He's going to correct you when you get in His presence. But the reason His correction comes is because He wants you to come deeper, and in His pouring himself out on us for all these thousands of years. Now he's filling us up as a people for these last days. We're going to look like him. Praise we're going God. to be in his exact image. We may, we're not there yet, but as he's calling us in and pouring himself into us, it's because he wants us in his presence. Like I said, it's not just because he wants us to do and it if to we... satisfy some checklist that we need to do, but because he wants us in his presence. He loves us. He wants us to pay attention so we live and fulfill the number of our days. Amen. And And have a good, strong strong. You know, that's what Psalm 91 starts with. He is my, I will say of him, he he is is my my refuge and my fortress. My God in him Mm -hmm. I will trust. That's the key right there. And then it says he'll deliver us. But you set yourself in that place by saying he's my everything. You get to choose. He's my center. 
He's my rock. Mm -hmm. He's my savior. He's not my savior. You know, I'm, how old am I? I don't know, 40, I mean, 50, I'm starting to say 40 something. However old I am, 54. You're old enough. I'm old enough. Well, 50 (laughs) years ago, I made him my savior. I guess they're about three years old, 51. I think I was three. Three? Anyway, it was a long time ago. That's not when he was just my savior. That's the day he started being my savior. Yeah, that's the He's day my he, savior today. He, he was my him, savior he this morning him. when I didn't want to get out of bed. He's my savior right now in ways I don't even understand. That's the truth. He's saving me in things. He's saving me from things I'll never know till heaven that right, were so headed right. my way. Yeah, that's but right. they, He is saving me. So I want us to look at this in First John. It's just amazing. And this is just what Jesus wants to have with us. This is John. And John was, you know, I know Jesus loved everybody, but John referred to himself as the one that Jesus loved. And that wasn't so much about the extra special love of Jesus. It was about the understanding and the awareness in John of the extra special love of Jesus. He He saw himself as being loved of Jesus. And so he says this to us. We saw him with our very own eyes. Think about it. Think about that. Hmm. Why is he even telling us this? I'll tell you in a minute. We gazed upon him and heard him speak. My reference, the notes down here in the passion says, we experienced him with our eyes. I like that. We experienced him. We perceived and experienced him with our eyes. It says... um, Our hands actually touched him, the one who was from the beginning, the living expression of God. From the very beginning, he was the live. It says, you know, he was the word. But what is he saying here? Jesus in the beginning was with the father. The father had a plan. The father had a desire. The father wanted a family. So what happened? Jesus came to express that. Mm -hmm. Jesus came to pour out the Father into the earth, to pour himself into the earth. He was the living expression, and I'll add, of the Father, the Father God. This life giver was made visible, and we have seen him. We testify to this truth. You know, when you get to this place where you say, I I see him with my very own eyes, and you know, I'm not looking like with the natural I see him. I see him every day. I haven't seen him in the natural. I did one time in a dream see him in, in, in a, a vision, a night vision. But I'm not talking about that in this time. I'm In my life, I, I just think about him. I talk to him. I see him in my presence every day. Um, Praise God. We testify to this truth. You know, my life has even begun to testify this truth. Mom, when you listen again to your Walk in the Spirit CD and when they listen to the audio series of that, they're going to hear it. You're going to be testifying to them of his presence and how he's changed your life. Praise God. We testify to this truth. The eternal life giver, Jesus, lived face to face with the Father. You know, there's no word in the Hebrew for presence except for face. Hmm. So we all talk about, oh, we want the presence of God. We want the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, And yes, 
But you can't take Jesus and separate him from his presence. No. If you put yourself in Jesus's vicinity, if you determine I'm spending time with Jesus, guess what? His presence is there because he's there. You can't separate those two. He said, we lived face to, or Jesus lived face to face with the Father and he's now dawned on us. I hope today that we're dawning on you. <laughs> so we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard about this life giver so that we may share and enjoy this life together. See, he's proclaiming because of what's been in his life. Listen to this, mom. For truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus, the Anointed One. Right. This is what Jesus is calling us into, His fellowship. And I, I, I made a note connecting this verse with verse 1 where He says, We saw Him with our very own eyes and we gaze upon Him and we heard Him speak. This is fellowship. Amen. Experiencing Him in your time with Him. This is fellowship. And the reason John's even telling us this is so that we can be in that same place. There's a reason we're telling it to you is so you can fellowship with him. For truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus, the anointed one. We are writing these things to you because we want to release to you our fullness of joy. What joy? The joy you get from his presence. He said, we're writing this, so we release this to you. Well, I could say you and I are not sitting here just to have something to do. We're here telling you this so we can release that fullness of joy to you. This is the life-giving message we heard from him. We heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. And we repeat his words to you. God is pure light. You'll never find a trace of darkness in him. That's right. Then he begins to, I'm going to have to break this down quickly. It says, if we keep living, oh, it says, if we keep walking in the realm of darkness, Hmm. if we claim we share life with him, but keep walking in the realm of darkness, we're fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds him, we share unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son continually cleanses us from sin. In his presence, sin, darkness just has to go. Darkness in your life. Even I know you've heard me say Psalm 1912. How can I know the sin lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from this hidden faults, these hidden weak places. He goes on to talk here, and you talk a lot in that CD about, in that audio series about sin. Mom, he wants sin out of our life because it's breaking our fellowship with him. It's a killer. It's a killer and it's breaking our fellowship with him. And it's, and we're here to share this with you. The blood of Jesus in the footnotes, it says, will cleanse us from all known sin. And if we continue to be open to God's light and his presence, Mm -hmm. his blood will cleanse us from the unknown sin. He wants freedom for you, freedom from all sin, not because you work so hard at it, but because his presence in our lives drives it out. And he says, if we will freely admit our sin, when his light shows us stuff, we need to just say, yes, Lord, get it out. He will be faithful to forgive us every single time. That's why he's showing it to you. Not because he's condemning you, because he wants you to be free. He He wants to forgive you of it. You'll know the truth. You'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. 
That's why he wants us to go to the Word of God every day, hallelujah, and grow. And it's why he wants you to find yourself in his presence. That's right. Kelly and I'll be right back. I'm Rachel Griffith, and I live in Kenya, East Africa, where I'm a missionary there with me and my husband and our kids. So one of the main things that is just like birthed in our heart is the saying, one life to live, one life to give. And it's like what the Lord has shown us and what he's spoken to us because we have one life and it's that life that we have to give. For one, to give to Jesus and then two, to give to this world. We began to lay down everything before we took up, before we really could hear what God was saying. You know, if, if you're like, well, I just want to live here and I want to have this, Well, you end up clogging your ears to hearing what the Lord is saying. And so for us, it was laying down our life to say, look, we don't want anything else except to hear. You know, to sit at your feet, Lord, and hear what you're saying to us. And that was the way that we began to put down all the things in our own heart, all of our own desires. And then it was his desires that began to be birthed in us. What Willie heard was this, that we would be on foreign soil in a year. So when he said that to me, I'm like, yeah, I think you're right about that. You know what I mean? We knew that. And so people laugh when I tell them this, but we were so committed to doing whatever the Lord spoke with us. We slept on air mattresses for a year. We did not go buy mattresses. We did not accumulate a bunch of stuff. We were like, Lord, if this is what you spoke to us, then we're going to live our lives focused, like pushing in this direction. And Willie went and he went for about... I think four weeks and in that time he just spent a lot of time in prayer and so did I that was like we both were like we're gonna pray and we're just gonna ask the Lord if this is like it and when he came back we took another month to just really pray and seek the Lord and fast and we were like this is it like we just knew you know what I mean we just had this for one a desire and for two a peace and the desire was leading and the peace was in the fact that, you know, we didn't know all the steps, but we knew we had heard the Lord. And so when we lay our desires down and we say we humble ourselves before the Lord, then He lifts us up with what He has for us. And that becomes the sweetest thing. There's nothing that compares to that, is when you know that God has shaped this desire in you and you begin to to feel that purpose, that sense of like, oh man, I know this is what the Lord has spoken to me to do. I know that I know that this is the step I'm supposed to take. Then then it's like you're walking in those steps that you you know this is where you're supposed to be. There's no other feeling like it. But it comes with laying down your desires first and then it comes from really spending time with him. We did not have like a large partner base, but we had enough money to buy five plane tickets which would be me and Willie and our three kids. My youngest was a year and a half. And we packed up and we moved to Kenya. And that is really how things got going. We didn't have a roadmap. We didn't have a, you know, like this super plan laid out. We just followed that. And as we began to just obey the Lord and what we believed he was telling us to do and how to do it, like things began to grow. And, um... Kenneth Copeland Ministries has been one of our longest partners that partnered with us. I think it's six months into ministry they partnered with us. And we've seen just like growth 
in all the areas that we believed God for. It was rough at times. There were major challenges at times, but that's part of knowing like, you know, just because you're doing what God is calling you to do doesn't mean it's always easy, but it's always worth it. Kenneth and Gloria are the most amazing example to me of just living a life that is so surrendered and committed to the Lord and you draw faith from people that have like lived a life that is committed to the Lord and they're like hey you know they didn't they they didn't quit they didn't compromise I mean I can think of so many stories that at different times just gave me like inspiration their life is a legacy to all of us who look at it and say yeah they did it they lived it they're living it still <laughs> you know what i mean and and it's it's a model for all of us to be like wow lord i want to live like that and then just uh, like being here at convention and just seeing these men of god and hearing their testimonies again and their stories like just inspire me again to be like yes no quit there's just that no quit. I want to just go until my time is up. And I'm like, all right, take me home. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.